Welcome to Nature Back Podcast, where we are speaking about the green future and this season also a lot about Web3. My name is Tarmo Verki, and today I'm speaking with Armin Zakbar from European Web3 organization. Welcome, Armin, to Nature Backed. Thank you, Tarmo, for having me. You're building a company called the European Web Free Organization. Company is probably the wrong word. Organization is a better word. But t- tell us in a few words, what is a European Web Free Organization? Well, uh, maybe let me go one step back to get into the point of like why even European Web3 organization exists. And then from there, we get into the point of like, what is a European Web3 organization? Um, my background comes from uh, marketing communication. I have a company called the Army Bar with an, uh, that I started it in uh, the digital marketing agency. I started in New York City and I opened the office in Milan as well in 2017. Uh, got involved into the crypto world uh, since 2017 we started having our first clients as an agency over there got in i got into like learning and make my hands dirty into the crypto world at the time was not uh, the term web3 was not uh, being used around and my first company in this uh, world uh, in 2018 uh, that we were using the blockchain technology for proof of authenticity, proof of ownership, and secure transfer of ownership. Unfortunately, we were too early to the market at the time. Uh, majority of the companies that we were talking to, mostly Italian luxury uh, brands, they were not able to see the value. And uh, 2019, we had to close the company. 2020, 2021, again, the bull market. Now everybody was talking about the non-fungible tokens that we were talking about in 2018, and it got a sexy abbreviation, NFTs, and everybody now wanted to get into the metaverse. And it became the moment that it was somehow a confirmation that we were on the right track, but not at the right time. Well, it was good for my ego, not good for my bank account. Uh, But I managed to put together uh, a new team. Uh, Shout out to Mattia, Jack and Lorenzo. That uh, one of them, Mattia, comes from the uh, VR uh, background and, of course, uh, eventually into the metaverse. Um, Jack, a Web2 developer, became a Web3 developer. His last company, they also had a very successful uh, exit. They were part of 500 startups in San Francisco. Uh, Lorenzo, also an international lawyer that uh, comes from the intellectual property, then eSports and eventually Web3. We um, started building this company and uh, mostly uh, we saw companies, they either want to have a presence in the metaverse or have an NFT collection. So we prepared some custom design and custom design solution for these uh, clients. For the NFT part, for example, we have uh, our own uh, NFT launchpad and marketplace that we provide to the clients as uh, a white label. For the metaverses, we work with third parties, but we built metaverses and we, uh, even if uh, clients wants to have 
presence in other metaverse, commercial metaverses like Sandbox or Decentraland. We help them buy a piece of land, create an experience, and connect it to their uh, own metaverse. My Web2 Web analogy for this is that when you, uh, in Web2, you have your website, and then you uh, create your account on a social media and then connect it to your website. You don't own this stuff on social media, but you have access to it. Same thing, we uh, the, uh, change website with your own metaverse, change social media account with the presence in a different uh, metaverse. When you have a land and experience in a uh, platform like Decentraland, you're not the fully owning and have so full control on it, but you can take advantage of the traffic, for example, similar to the Web2 uh, concept of uh, social media. And then more and more, we saw also the uh, education part, it becomes uh, very uh, important. Even a lot of companies that they want to do something about it, they don't even know what they want. They just want to do something in Web3. They just want to launch an NFT collection or be in the metaverse without why, because everybody's doing it. So we managed to uh, create a course and a workshop. Uh, shout out to also Filippo uh, Scorza, that uh, one of the experts in the design thinking that helps us helped us to build a, a process and a canvases in this uh, create a, like a custom workshop that we would be able to uh, help companies uh, in a sense that they're able to uh, see how they would be able to create value and real projects in the Web3. And moving forward, business uh, knock on wood, business is going well. The, and we reached to a point that more and more, we saw a few problems. And problem number one, we saw a lot of brilliant minds in the Web3 world all over the world that they're building their different uh, amazing technologies and solutions, but they're building it in silos. They're like very... Uh, like um, not in any way uh, or form of shape connected to each other. On the other hand, also uh, we saw that the uh, a lot of after, especially after the scams and a lot of criminal activities, including the famous one FTX that happened, a lot of the regulators they try to come and regulate and super centralize something that by default is supposed to be decentralized. Uh, and a lot of the European citizens in this case, or like in general, the citizens of the world, they don't know what's being regulated and if they're agreeing with that or not. And and the third point, which uh, um, uh, I see that we in Europe we lost the Web two war to the Americans and Chinese, uh, we became the secondary market of the big American corporations: Facebook, Amazon, Google. Uh, Chinese they built their own from Baidu and Tencent and uh, WeChat. We have the again this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to not lose the web3 uh and the blockchain uh battle to the americans or chinese either we don't have in europe we don't have a lack of resources or talents uh so this is an open but what we're lacking is somehow a collaboration and a point of contact with all of these professionals. Putting all these things together, 
we reach to a point that we we can at least try to be what we wish it would exist at. So we started uh, talking to some uh, accountants, lawyers, and notary, and we filed the documents in Brussels uh, uh, to court in Brussels to incorporate a non-for-profit organization, which we called it European Bacteria Organization. That also, why Brussels? Because we wanted to focus not on the Italian or Estonian or German or Belgian market, but on the European market, something that is not too small and at the same time not too big that you can't control. And if you want to be in uh, like somehow representing Europe or have access to Europe and at the same time being able to at some point influence the policymakers, the right place to be is Brussels. So that's the reason that we incorporated that in Brussels. We built a course, uh, which we're going across Europe so far. We've been doing this in uh, Rome, in Milan, uh, also through Web Summit in uh, Lisbon, in Barcelona. Uh, hopefully by the end of uh, next month, we will be also in Vienna. We're doing a free course to the public. So far, we've been putting our own uh, time and money into it. And why we're doing the, the free course in, uh, to the public, the course is called Web3 Made Easy, because we believe education comes before regulation. So European citizens, they, uh, they have the right to know what is being regulated and if they agree with it or not, or if the policy being proposed by a politician, what might be their intentions. So that's the first part, which is the education part. That's where uh, we, we got to why European Web3 organization. Now we can get into what is the European Web3 organization. The second part, which uh, on top of the, the European tour that we have uh, within the next few weeks, we're going to have a free ebook uh, and a free canvas from the uh, workshop that I told you, which is called Web3 Business Model Canvas. Uh, uh, similar to the business model canvas that some people might be, uh, some of the listeners might be familiar with, but very quickly for the Web3 world. These are going to be free uh, resources available to the public. And at the same time, we're building a European ecosystem of Web3 professionals. Uh, and going around the uh, around Europe and trying to ask everyone who's interested to join, and the only thing that we're asking all these people to join is one thing. If you're able to, what can you do for the community? That's all, nothing else. We're not asking for anybody to uh, at this stage at all for uh, giving any money or anything. We didn't even open a bank account for that reason. <laughs> you should have the at least the, the crypto wallet, right? Uh, in Well, at some point. Hopefully, the idea is by uh, Q2 2023, within the next few months, we will have a, a European board of 20 members. And that board will decide on the any financial transaction is going to be. Uh, I wanted to make it as clean as possible and make have it like very open to the community and the community decides. And... The idea is to, in a very active and also proactive way, work with the local and also up to the European level uh, 
policymakers, not only waiting for them to say, oh, uh, you're trying to regulate that, no, we push back on certain stuff, but also proposing some regulations to the policymakers that comes from the professionals across Europe. So these are the aims. This is like why European Web3 organization exists and what is the European Web3 organization actually doing. Tell me, tell me what's, how do you see Europe today positioned against the US and China in the Web3 race? Well, uh, you kind of said the opportunity was there, but... Uh... No, no, I hear you. The, yeah. What I see, considering that the, the whole concept of the Web3 and the decentralization is that power to the people. A very centralized uh, government as uh, CCP, like the Chinese, uh, I don't... It's, of course, the CCP is not going to like that. So I think there are going to be heavy regulations and centralization as we see it. So that's an advantage we have over the Chinese. On the American side as well, that also, uh, the innovation is going there, but also they're trying to be very, uh, regulating it very uh, much. It's a still a gray zone uh, over there. On the other hand, what I see uh in the last few years you see an uh, a country like malta they even uh, created a nickname for themselves blockchain island a country like switzerland became the uh, crypto heaven for and also the crypto valley that they uh, created we showed in europe and Estonia, like, like, hello, like uh, I was about to forget them, uh, one of the most important players over there with also the new regulations and the uh, auditing process that you guys put into place. And one of the most, well, uh, in my opinion, the most also advanced uh, government uh, that exists in the world right now. So we have these advantages especially on, in terms of the regulations and how it can be uh, supportive to the innovation. But the problem is, again, these are very into silos. There is no uh, like a, um, unique approach and a community uh, that can uh, help each other and learn from each other and propose and suggest things to each other and of course the um some of the advantages of the american or even chinese is like a, the huge market that everybody speaks the same language and more or less the same regulation maybe on a state-to-state changes but on the federal level in america is the same um uh, kind of a regulation but then when you come to europe we're like so many different cultures, languages, regulations, and we have this, but at the same time that somehow I see we would be able to turn that into uh, an opportunity instead of looking at it as a, uh, bar- a barrier to growth. So I feel we're in, in a good position. Uh, and this is not a war that we are still uh, we're, 
we think that we we can definitely win or we're well or maybe not a right terminology but this is not like a, a situation that we think that we already won or we're gonna lose it uh for sure but uh, we're uh, really well positioned in Europe. Uh, the only thing is to how we can collaborate and first as professionals across Europe and then uh, later on uh, a, a bottom-up approach, having our government to collaborate with each other. I think Europe in its fragmentation in a way should be perfect uh, metaphor almost for the for the decentralized, uh, you know, action. Well put, very well put. The the other question I had that uh, as you guys are focusing on education for the for to educate people enough before they they start to regulate it, I mean, in Europe we are kind of um, well accustomed to often a little bit too extensive regulation coming from Brussels. Are you afraid they are hurrying again to uh, you know shut down this emerging industry? Or is that, that risk limited? I, uh, if I'm afraid, yes, I'm afraid. If they can do it, yes, they can do it. But am I gonna see the half empty uh, glass? No, I'm gonna fight until I can fight for uh, myself and everybody else who lives in Europe to not uh, lose their individual sovereignty as much as possible. And even if there are people who disagree with me, which I had this situation, I'm fighting for your individual sovereignty as well. The uh, European Web Free Organization, it's not that old and old an organization. How has the traction been? How many, how are the companies signing up or how eagerly they're signing up? So uh, we actually mm, formally created the uh, European Web3 organization in November 2022. And then it was like Christmas and then uh, coming back. So we still haven't got a chance to even promote it. And it was not also something that we were planning for years and had a roadmap and like a budget or anything. It just comes, it felt the right thing to do. And we put into it whatever we were able to uh, from any kind of resources from time to money or also like I have like, for example, from my uh, marketing agency to, okay, let's create the website. We covered the cost uh, internally. We want to like... To create some content for the social media we created internally. So anything that we were able to put, but hopefully we got some good attractions from uh, companies. Whoever we talk to, I'm telling you, it's unbelievable that the conversion rate of that I have talking to professionals in Europe has been hundred percent so far. And I'm not saying that we talked to two companies. We've been talking to. Um, close to 100 companies whoever we talked to within two months or so whoever we talked to they were just like oh my god this is exactly what we feel that was needed how can i be part of it what can i do which is so satisfying and it gives me chills that these things become a reality 
And as you perfectly know, we're also trying to even have it all on the podcast of European Bacteria Organization that we're going to have different hosts. Everything's super decentralized. Everybody needs to be feel that it's a part of it. The idea is like, what can we do for you as the European Web3 organization? And what can you do for the community of the Web3 professionals in Europe? So joining is free. Everything is free. Yeah. So, you know, Google for the European Web3 organization and sign up your company today when you're listening this uh, or while you're listening this uh, is probably the europeanweb3.org. europeanweb3.org. Makes sense. Good. Uh, the uh, what are the kind of the coming plans for the 2023? You said that you're setting up the board for the organization. Is there any kind of uh, I don't know events or the launch events planned or scheduled already? So far, what we are trying to do, uh, we partner with uh, an organization called Talent Garden that they have 26 campuses across Europe is co-working in a space and educational platforms. And they, uh, they've been supportive of the uh, idea of the organization and they are uh, giving us the spaces that they have across Europe for their, uh, to organize these free public uh, educations that we have. They give us the event hall, they organize an, uh, an event and invite the local community, provide some snack. And we're going to uh, these places to uh, create, like have these uh, uh, like courses. This, is, this has been very helpful. Here, I have to give a shout out to Alessandro Braga, the chief digital officer of Talent Garden that believed in the idea as well. And so we're going end up, uh, um, we did that in Barcelona, in Talent Garden in Barcelona, Vienna, we're gonna be in Talent Garden in uh, Vienna, which it's a partnership with, uh, they did with uh, Pioneers there. We're gonna be in also in Copenhagen uh, with them. They've been also over their partner with uh, Rainmaking. Uh, I will be in Tallinn in May also for NFT Tallinn. We also partnered with them. Um, Sander over there, shout out to Sander. We're gonna, I'm gonna be one of the speakers myself. European Web3 organization is gonna have a booth. And uh, thanks to them, they also provide free tickets, some free tickets for the European Web3 organization. Have your, have an eye on the LinkedIn page of European Web3 organization to uh, have a chance to get uh, your hands on those tickets. We also, uh, something that for me especially was very interesting uh, that the Vatican, one of the, the most um, centralized organization in the world also, they appreciated the approach that we have. And for the uh, World Youth Day, which is a biannual activity that they do every two years, this year is going to be in Lisbon, they invited me also as and the European Web3 organization. I will be one of the speakers. And with my other company that I have with Mattia Lorenzo and Jack, uh, we uh, would also take that event into the metaverse uh, as well. So I'm happy that even uh, such organizations, uh, they're seeing value and they try to uh, spread the, the word. It's uh, really cool, the, uh, the idea. I mean, 
Catholic Church and Metaverse. Uh, that's quite amazing. I mean, I think they, they probably claim that they were original creators of the Metaverse. <laughs> yeah, like I can't believe like the meetings I had in the Vatican. It's a still for me, especially I'm not even, I'm not a Christian. So just being able to have that um, like experience being in the Vatican and uh, explain to these cardinals that, they, and they're being open to it, listening to asking certain questions. It was, it was a fascinating experience and I can't wait uh, for uh, end of July. If anybody uh, also of the listeners think end of July, they're going to be in Lisbon or online following the uh, World uh, Youth Day. Uh, you're going to also see European Web3 organization all over the place there as well. Oh, that's uh, That sounds quite amazing. Um, Cheers. Uh, with the kind of the early days of Web3 organization, what's your, I don't know, ambition level with it? Or where would you like to Web3 organization to, to, to be maybe in a few years' time? The idea is to the uh, Web3, uh, European Web3 organization from the educational part becomes the trusted partner for also uh, universities or institutions across uh, Europe that uh, somehow the course has been uh, certified by the European Web3 organization that becomes kind of like a very valuable uh, course that rather than not being certified by that. So that's one. The second would be uh, uh, having a local uh, country and uh, some big cities as well across Europe having local communities and meetups and annual meetings and being able to spread the free knowledge as much as possible. And the last one would be on the policy, uh, the, the policies that may uh, impact the, the life of an everyday citizen in, the, in an active and uh, proactive way, European Web3 organization on a national uh, level uh, for each country and also on the European level by the European Union being uh, like a trusted source also for the governments, that these are the professionals, that they have the best intentions. There is no uh, hierarchy. It's a, a European board that can also, uh, obviously it's gonna change and it's going to be very democratic. And if we wanna do something that or put a regulation or, or like if there is a problem, we know that these people, they have the best intention and the knowledge to advise us on certain regulations. These are the three things. If we manage to do that, I think like I'm going to be the happiest person alive. Fantastic. To be happiest person alive, that uh, should be everyone's target also among the listeners. Uh, <laughs> I, I, th I think it's a good point to wrap up. Is there anything else you definitely thought, think we should uh, tell to the listeners? Or um, The only thing is that if you really wish something exists, try to make it, even if you fail even if you think that you don't have the uh, all the 
resources and the capabilities to do it, you would be surprised the moment you start moving a needle, how amazing a lot of people out of nowhere, they come with the same vision, they try to help you. If you have a good intention in heart and put in the work, the universe will reward you. Thanks, Armin. That's a, that's a good wrap up. And thanks to all the listeners. Thank you for having me. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid.